This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Hello, Cleopatra. Oh, is that what I'm giving? Yes, you're giving us. I thought I was giving, what's her name? You know, Mulan. All right, I'm always going to lean into the African uh, version of us. Uh, yeah, I but, hear you, but you know what? That Cleopatra is an interesting thing because um, allegedly, she, wait, wait, allegedly, allegedly she wasn't African. Yes, yes. She was like all up in there in Romania somewhere. Folks that now don't want to admit to their Africanness. All right, let's do this. Okay, Nefertiti. <laughs> Giving us the Nefertiti of it all. There you go. Come on through, Nefertiti. The Nefertiti, Nefertiti down here. I okay. can't, you know. My my face gets long if I get I have to keep it up here. No, no, no. It's it's perfect. It's it's the Alfre Woodard spin on Nefertiti. It's it's you have Alfre sized the Oh Alfre. excellent. Yes, that's what how are you, darling? I am good. Long time no see. You look amazing. That's all. I just I was just paying compliments to oh, wait, the queen. You know what I better do? Let me shut. Oh, excuse me. What Let you, me shut these things so you can. There's a lot of. Uh, okay. Come on through. Come on through. Shutters. I light going. You know, light that wasn't helping me. Okay. Architecturally, this is this is this is yours. Is this no, your space? God, okay. No. Okay. Oh, oh no, no. Okay. All right. Uh, no well, judgment. <laughs> no, I mean it's fine, but it's like a little crate and barely for me. I mean, I love it to get away to. <laughs> Wait a minute. I feel seen, and also, uh, I feel I feel traumatized. I love crate and barrel and restoration hardware. That's those are my jams. I do, but I get pieces from them. If you're in the, I feel like I'm in a their showrooms. Yes. Here. Okay, I see your point. But, like you can't tell anything about me sitting here. My house, if we're at my house, first of all, it's loud right now. But at my house, you could just, you know, my whole story walking around my house. Okay. Talk, walk me through it. Yesterday, I had the pleasure of talking with Bill Perkins, who purchased Sugar Shack, Ernie Barnes's iconic um, <laughs> for, for $15.3 million. So I brought him on the show to talk about it. And he said for him, it was culture, you know, growing up, watching Good Times, listening to Marvin Gaye, that album, that mm-hmm. iconic album. He wanted to own that. And so he went to Christie's and bought it. Black man. I was like, yes. So uh, he just gave it to, uh, loaned it to uh, a Houston museum, but he's going to have a, a watch party when, when he gets it back. But so we go uh, into Alfred Woodard's home. What art, what, what are we looking at? Well, I have a lot of Francesca Schifrin on my walls. And uh, Franz Schifrin, uh, she, she goes to places usually where there is conflict and she, she will live in a community, usually rural. She'll live in a community for a month or two, getting to know people. And they know that she's a painter. And then she asks them, can she paint them? Or can, you know, can she paint something on their property? And uh, so she's done a lot in Cuba, especially in Haiti. Um, and... And I just I, I love the vibrancy of of the environments that she that she paints. 
but the people are always just, they're like my cousins and you know, you just, you feel them. I mean, like I, I love a lot of art. I tell you, he's got some fabulous art. She probably hit me for saying this. Sam and Latanya have really fabulous art. Oh, I expect and that. I, I, but you know, people can have access to art, but that doesn't mean they have taste. You know what I mean? So, uh, so, um, you know, I got taste and I don't have that much access, <laughs> but um, I, I have to have art that I can live with because some art speaks so strongly to me. I can't be in the room with it, in the house with it. Like I'd like to go and see it, but I can't have, my space has to be like my kin people in there. Art has to be my kin people take the place of my kinfolk and they're not loud like my kinfolk. But um, I had this wonderful piece by Lucy Camalo that I got in Port Elizabeth back in probably 92, soon after, you know, apartheid was crushed and you could actually get in. And, and Port Elizabeth is out in the Eastern Cape and it's real countryside. And I, you know, there was a, a, a sort of a community center that was selling crafts, everything beaded, you could imagine. You stand still, those doodles will beat your children. But down, downstairs, I said, what's down there to this woman? She goes, oh, just, you know, some things. I go down there and then the, the fine art was stacked against the wall because they were selling all the stuff they thought that visitors would want, like, you know, like all of the beading things and pots and things like that. So crafts. And so I found this piece. I'm sure I, I wouldn't be able to afford it now. Thank goodness he uh, he and others got celebrated internationally when things opened in South Africa. So I have Vusi. But my, okay, so my walls were painted by these people, the Savignis. And it kind of looks like a country house either cross between a country house in North Africa and a country house in, you know, Italy, rural Italy. And the walls are painted, but it looks like the house was built around the walls. I'm seeing this now, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little misty, you know why? Oh yeah, and they painted my cabinet. It's like different parts of Africa, the cabinets in the kitchen are, you know, they, they make you feel like you're in, in Kenya. And it's, uh, there's some of the uh, Arabic sort of wall paintings in, in gold leaf and civil, uh, silver leaf around it. But I'm getting a little motion now because we're just about to tear down our house and make a whole new one because it's, we're all in a new phase of life. My children, I raised my children in that house. So, uh, but the, the bits like all the paintings of like all, all the cabinetry is, is hand painted with these mm. designs but i am i am giving those all those things will go to friends who want to use the doors the cabinets and all of that copper doors and things like that mm. i want to sit in this for a minute let me welcome the great alfred woodard i don't even want to give all the accolades we'll be here all day y'all <laughs> but y'all know who she is all right um more than an actress because you know as i was talking with bill perkins about that he said one of his prized possessions was an, a piece of art that was drawn by an enslaved person 
because he said, you know, our music was preserved, a lot of our music and a, a lot of that dance. But art, you know, when did an enslaved person have the art material to, to paint, to do the, to, the time to do that, right? So if anything got preserved that came from the soul like that, it is the most valuable. And as you're talking about your house, I'm thinking about all of the lost things, all of the lost expressions that just ended up in a basement somewhere, ended up in the trash because there was no capacity to hang this or to you know in life so you know i just i just i want to sit in that for a minute because we're so super fortunate those of us who think like you know our lives are miserable or what have you imagine having an expression and not being able to share it with the world and not being able to be your full complete self which many of us can do today we are really some of us are very free right now i'm speaking for myself you know but it's a luxury to be free it's a luxury a lot of us don't have that and our ancestors definitely did. That's why it's important to, you know, I, I'm really going to talk about this seriously, but the thing that popped in my head just now was free your mind and your ass will follow. But I was a big funkadelics person. I still am. But, but, but more towards what we need to be thinking about. Madiba, that's the, that is the demonstration he did for us. You can't always control your circumstance, but you you have all the power because you can control your response to your circumstance. So I think about that when I think about our people being enslaved, we still had joy, we had fun. We even, they made fun of the mass and them behind their back. I mean, it's not like, you know, we just, freedom, people can't really take away your freedom. They can, enslave you, they can incarcerate you, they can just keep you in the kitchen. Like, I'm not talking about masses now, I'm talking about family. They can, you know, they can take up all your time and your friends can just flood you with their drama. But, so our, our reach for freedom has to be spiritual always. And, we, and that's, you, you always got that. Just, you know, at work and people just making you want to you know, take off your clothes and just start screaming, go to the bathroom, sit there, go in there and just remind yourself of what, what you just said. We are free. And we of all people should know that, mm. the possibility of that rather. So you're here and I love every time your name pops up in town, I'm like, yes, yes, I want to talk to Alfred Woodard. Yes, I do, I do. <laughs> Because you're always doing things, but you're always thinking, you know, too. So I love having a conversation with you. But you're working on this series. It's an eight-part series, original series on BET Plus, y'all. BET Plus, yes. BET, which I actually have because I, I got it for Jill Scott and them, and then I kept it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, you know, Jill Scott had the first wives. I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this. Uh, now she got De Deborah, Deborah Cox is on it. I'm like, I'm in. But this is called The Porter. And I mm -hmm. love the premise set in the 1920s. So it was a period piece. That means they spent some money mm -hmm. and it follows Pullman Porter's junior Massey and Zeke Garrett and their friendship. 
you know, but as I'm studying in class with Carr, I'm knowing that the porters were the lifeblood of the black community as we start started to emerge out of slavery. They delivered those newspapers. It was like a new, new kind of underground railroad above ground with mm-hmm. everybody being invisible Georges, but they were actually mm-hmm. so much more. Talk about how how you enter the porter and where we see you and what are you going to be doing? Okay, and, I, and I'm just going to say this too. Service, being in service is a powerful position. You know, you know, modern people looking to like, oh, they had to bow and scrape, they had to get off the sidewalk, they had to, when somebody rang the bell, they had to come. But they also knew everything, everybody's business. We talk about code switching. They that was the ultimate code switch, and that's how they got things done. That's how we got stuff. That's how you got people out of town that needed to get out of town. That's how you knew. But that's how you learn about the stock market, everything. We heard everything because we were invisible. So there's that. Um, 1921, Montreal is the line from Montreal to Chicago that they're running. They just come back from the First World War. And by all reports, it, it, it remains the most horrific war because it was hand to hand in the trenches in there were boys, even younger than we send our guys and gals off now to war. Um, and they they are Pullman porters, and but they they one of them chooses his. You know, we're always strivers. One of them uses his energy towards trying to unionize the porters, trying to get into the union, to get all the benefits. Because, you know, that the whole country was just fighting those union wars then. And the bosses, they, they, they were cracking heads and killing people to be unionized. And then the other one chooses, uses his striving, his striver gene uh, to deal in the, the arena that the dominant culture was dealing in, the power brokers organized and unorganized crime. So he's running numbers and doing these, but it's all happening on the train. These are, they're just wonderful, full, uh, they're not even characters, they're people. And then our, our two lead ladies, um, they one of them is a black cross nurse and she's come up, uh, you know, the, the Garveyites, Marcus Garvey has come up out of Jamaica, into Harlem, up into Canada. And, but even within that, uh, in that realm, she is bucking against the system. She wants to be a Black Cross nurse, but she's, she is trying to use funds, the Back to Africa funds, to help the people in Saint Antoine, which is the community up in Montreal. And then the other is this gorgeous chocolate drop. She is, um, she's so talented, beautiful voice, beautiful dancing and choreography. But she's on the back row, and all of her cream-colored sisters are on the front row kicking and dancing. So we have it, there's so much in this series, like it's eight part. Now my part in it, I am playing a, a featured part, a pivotal part, but they are the stars of this. Um, I came on in support of this because I'll tell you after this, after I tell you what I do in it. But um, I came on in support of it as an executive producer. Um, Four months in, they asked me, 
to, you know, would I, because I was in another series at the time, they said, we could condense your work into six, six weeks. Could you come and do this? Well, they offered me a part, an associate of A. Philip Randolph. Of course, you can't have a film about Union without him. And I said, yeah, but she's, you know, anybody could play her, not anybody, but it was an obvious thing. She's just an upstanding woman, just don't cut up on screen. But I said, you know what? There was a, one that read, it said 40 year old whore and her name was Faye. And I said, okay, if you let me play Faye, I'll do it. And they said, Faye. And I said, yeah. And so that's, that's why I came into it. I also told them, I said, okay, let me, let me read everything. I wanted to read all of the stuff. Let's just look at it. And I said, and if it's not good, I can't do it. I love you. I'll be in support of you. But if it's not good, I, I can't be in it. And, you know, Marsha Green and Marie Murray, our, our showrunners, are just brilliant. And I said, yes, I definitely will. But I want to be fake. I like to go to work, Karen, when I feel like there's something that I could, might think of that I think somebody else may not think of that. They can do great performances, but it's like I'm always interested in the thing that in specificity and thing that, that is usually left out. And what we leave out in daily life is seeing fully the other person we're talking to. We make judgments on the way they sound, the way they look, where they smell a whole lot of different things. But if we look just not even deeply, it doesn't take time, just see the human being, see that they have a history and, 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 and a value. And so, with Faye, I'm thinking 1921, she, she has a very tragic backstory, really tragic. I mean, it's not in the film, but this, that's what, how we actors work is we gotta, you know, you just don't start acting out. Somebody just didn't appear that day on the subway. It's like, where did they come from? What, you know, as a child, what happened all the way up? And that's how you fl flesh out a character and make them a human being. And you could be destroyed by your backstory. I knew it was a brothel, but you know, usually we do brothels all sneaky and skanky and everybody's, you know, the, the women in there would rather be somewhere else. The men come in there, we think of them as uh, exploitative. But, but I thought, you know what? Sometimes when you hit that kind of bottom that she hit and, and, and was forced to the bottom and smacked and, and the dearest things taken away from her, there's only, you can also choose to, to rise out of it. You can choose joy. You can, you can, you can, and, you know, you can let go of, let everything that burned up, burn up the bullshit that you had in your life as well. And so uh, she has found herself, she's sort of like the den mother of, of the, the brothel, uh, but she also is a working woman. Um, 1921, you could be drinking out of a porcelain cup or tin cup. Women were not part of the power structure of the equation. So you were under the thumb, even if they were, even if he was nice and loved you, you were under the thumb of your husband, your daddy, your lover, your brother, somebody. And I just thought, okay, we're in a brothel. That is probably the freest place for a woman to be. She don't have to wash nobody's drawers. She don't, you know, she can get up when she wants to. And, you know, she's got strong women around her. 
So nobody's going to, nobody's going to hurt anybody in there. Nobody's going to do anything they don't want to do. So I just said, okay, that's, a, that's a little slice of, 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 you know, sorority, sisterhood, camaraderie. And so, yes, maybe some of the women came in of course, with these backgrounds that, that they were misused and they ended up ha having to, you know, having some trauma. It was like, you're, you're home now, you're with us. And so, and then the, and I, I thought the men that come, you know, if, if we let them in, they're gonna have to be on the up and up. So I saw them as, I imagined them as people who, who just wanted to be accepted. They wanted their needs to be acceptable and maybe they weren't acceptable. And they might have lives outside there that, that they wanted to be in. It wasn't like, but there was that one or two things that you just can't tell somebody else for whatever reason. So that's, that's, that's the world I built for Faye and that I encourage um, within the design for the brothel. Because the place we went to, it looked like a trap house, but I said, no, we want flowers around the front. We want ivy and, no, let's paint this house. Put the numbers on the thing. We're not hiding out in here. This is a, this is a good place. It's a place of acceptance. And that can only happen when you have the power as producer to be able to change the the vision because it's much bigger because that's what you brought to the table we're talking with alfred woodard of course she's starring in the porter eight-part series original series on bet plus this feels like a departure for them and i'm happy it's a good it's a happy good departure something that is important to de delve into these stories of our history and then tell them in a complete way not in a minstrelly mm -hmm. way karen i have to tell you people always say oh like no, I don't want to watch historical stuff. I don't want to watch it. The thing is, whatever you did last weekend is history. You made history last weekend. You do it all the time. So history is just a whole bunch of weekends stacked up. And you know how you either had fun and did something fabulous or you screwed up whatever you did. So history is like us. It's like us right now but they just came before us doing what you do, having the feelings that you have. And so uh, I, one of the things that I think is so remarkable about this project, um, Charles Officer and R.T. Thorne were our executive directors and they directed everything. Um, what's my, my boyfriend's name? Hang on, my cinematographer, just brilliant. I'll think of his name in a minute. Um, just the, the, the cinematography is, beyond it looks like how we say a moving picture it looks like a moving painting it is so so beautifully shot or um i'm gonna think oh my god he's only 31 years old too but um my children who will usually have on you know both on their computers there'll be something on the tv and Delta will have another screen doing a, a, a video game when I showed them the first two episodes, they shut everything off and they were riveted. So it's like, there's music, there's jazz, it's 1921, we're in a fabulous club. There is lots of action, there's tension. There, there's, it's, yeah, you, it is thrilling. It is, um, it, it is not your, you know, your auntie's 
mm. you know, drawing room historical piece. It's alive. And, and you, uh, the cinematographer, is it Jordan Oram? Jordan! Oh my God. <laughs> Jordan, I'm telling you, this young brother has the chops. I was like, I don't even want to tell anybody his name, so I can just like, Jordan, come on, come up with me now. Come up with me now. Yeah, he, he it, it is quite amazing. And Arnold Pennock, let me just talk about him. He is the person that brought me into this. He, We have a mutual friend in Nesta Cooper, who is a daughter to me. Uh, and, and I work with her on C. Um, he envisioned this and started it eight years ago. So that's how much, he's a great actor himself. He plays, uh, is, this, is his character, I'm forgetting. He plays one of the, you know, Arnold Pinnock. He, he is an executive producer, but he also is the daddy of this whole thing. Um, and we've seen him yeah. in Candyman. We've seen him in a lot of things, Arnold Pinnock. Yeah. He is amazing. You know, this is interesting because all of them were these really accomplished artists in their own, you know, and business people. They're all reputations, but none of them had worked with more than one other person of color, if that, ever in their careers. And so that was amazing. They have come together. And of course, you know, there there are other people like uh, Caucasian Canadians. There's that one of our producers, Jennifer, is Caucasian, uh, Trinidadian, real Trinidadian, not like moved there because they had a house there. But, you know, and she's full of all that flavor. But it is, it is a moment in time for them that they got to work all together on this project. There's been another small or budgeted kind of project that has happened in Canada. Canada. It was uh, the colored, okay, I'll think of that. But this is really the first one. And so it's, it's kind of interesting because Canada and, uh, and the world thinks that Canada is kind of post-racial compared to other places. But if you, if you, if you, if you buy into post-racial, then you don't get to enjoy the flavor of all of the ethnicities and things. You know, multicultural is, you know, people balk at it now, but that's where you get to enjoy. Why be with other people if you're not going to be with other people, eat eat their food, learn, just like, you know what? Otherwise, that's like having no seasoning, just making some food and don't put any seasoning on it. Well, we unfortunately, Alfred, would have we have a nation full of unseasoned food, uh, <laughs> which is why we are having the problems that we're having because people don't yes. want to sample the 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 joys of life, which I think are. And also, thing is like, there must be some jealousy about the well-seasoned food because they want to. They just want to stamp out food altogether. They'd rather not eat than to than to have. Okay, we know what we're saying. Yeah, and, and, and right now, go ahead. Right can, now, because it's important, go. we're on the heels of Buffalo. There was a school shooting in uh in in Texas. You know, we, Texas. We, I mean, it's just it's we're we're in a space right now which makes absolutely no sense in any rational spiritual way. But yet we're here. We're here, and I'm gonna tell you, I have had to. Uh, I have had to really um, keep myself, just pull back a little. I have to slowly 
let in the fact of what happened in South Texas yesterday with those babies. You know, it happened once before and we did nothing. And anyway, I, I um, it is just the earth is, is weeping right now. And just nothing in nature can believe that we're still allowing this. And it's not about the one person that goes off. It's about us. If it was happened for the first time anywhere in the world, we should have responded in the way that thinking people do and, and, and loving people do. But to have it become a culture, we are not a superpower. We are not even, okay, I, I have to leave it there because I don't want to, I, I don't want to. Yeah, but silence this is, is, what I, I the silence is acquiescence. It's because we allowed for the things that we knew were depraved and debaucherous and disgusting to go as an anomaly that it, it became culture. To your point, yeah. we the silence was acquiescence. We didn't say anything. We didn't do anything. And we allowed it to grow to believe that it is the culture. And I don't believe it is the culture. I, I, and I don't believe we're better than that because we haven't proven that we're better than that. So, but you know what? The thing is, I, I, there, there are a lot of voices. There are a lot of voices, but the money and, and that culture that, that feels like you need to be militarized individually, it had, it had money. And they, are, they smartly sort of married that culture of milita militarize yourself personally. They, they melded it, they co-opted a culture of how people used to get food. You know, the hunters and all. I learned how to shoot when I was 10 years old. I was taken to the farm, taught how to shoot because my people hunted, but you don't hunt anything. You don't no. hunt anything with an automatic weapon. But the thing is, I think a lot of people just sometimes just give up. You can't believe it. You just, you, you just wanna, you, you know, personally we all have ways of dealing with it. We shut off things that we just can't believe, but the power that we have is, and especially is to never stop insisting, showing up, speaking up, cutting up if you're that type, but we can't let this stand. Like I, I feel, I feel immobilized almost in this moment because I'm looking at the images of each of those children and those women and who they were taken from their people and from this, you know, this, this life. But, you know, in a few days, I'm gonna get rowdy again. I'm gonna get with the folks that are on the front lines every day working and we will, we have to, we have to, to, to stop, not stop people from being mentally unbalanced or pissed off or whatever they are. They're individuals. We don't need to even focus on them. People act like, oh, that's that one person. The means by which all of this happens. And now I'm, I'm, I'm too, <laughs> I'm too keyed up now. And, yeah, but the I'm means sorry. by which this happens, we are in control of that. I, but we I, have I to agree fight it. I'm not sorry, because I think we need more people uh, to to do something, to say something, to to be something, 
other than what is happening and to not accept it. So I appreciate that you're out there in the streets, Alfred Woodard, both physically and mentally and spiritually and using your money and your power to say different things and also to remind people because it's not just what we do is what we forget. We keep mm. ending up back here because we forget. So part of the work that you do as an artist and part of this with even the Porter is to remind us where we come from, who we really are. Yes, there are always going to be two paths to take. You're going to have to make a choice, but ultimately we can't forget, nor can we just sit on the sidelines. We got to participate in this thing called life. And that's kind yes. of been everything from 12 years a slave to C, which I'm heartbroken. I don't want to give away those of you who have not seen C. <laughs> Lord have mercy, Alfred Woodard, and that, and, and all of the things. Uh, Juanita, I mean, you, you know, you bring something every time you show up because you know that tomorrow's not promised. Those babies went to school. Those parents sent those babies to school, not expecting them not to come home. So if you got breath right now, you have a responsibility to do more. So just, I want to say that. To you one of that one of those children and i i saw his name his mother his mother had been with him that morning at the school just a couple hours before at the awards ceremony it was it was going to be their last day of school you know she went to pick up some food to cook for lunch or dinner I appreciate you. Uh, I just want to say that immensely. Uh, good luck with the house reno. Uh, but I know we're going to keep talking because you're going to keep doing. And y'all yeah. watch this eight-part series. It's called The Porter, BET Plus, the great Alfred Woodard, and so many other people involved in it. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for being there every day, darling. <laughs> <laughs> 